Welcome to Conversations in Business with RSM, where we talk to business leaders and experts to gain valuable insights that will help you move your business forward. Hello, and thank you for joining us on this episode of RSM Conversations in Business. We are talking about digital assets and financial reporting today. And joining me today is our audit director, Michael Steenkamp. He actually leads our technical department as far as iForest is concerned. And we're going to be talking about how are we going to potentially look at accounting for digital assets uh, from an iForest standpoint? What sort of uh, guidance is there available? Uh, where are we going to have to use existing guidance and potentially apply to the various types of digital asset scenarios. So, Mike, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Dylan. Yeah, good to be with you guys. So, I think let's just sort of hit the ground running. A lot of people are, I mean, they've been trading in, in cryptocurrencies, which, you know, as we know, is just one different type of digital asset. Uh, and, you know, NFTs are, t- are, are sort of on the uptake as well. Uh, they've taken quite a bit of a dive recently, I think about sort of a 97% uh, drop in value recently. And a lot of people essentially want to know, well, they are doing this in their personal capacity. Now, obviously, in their personal capacity, there is not really an impact from an I4S standpoint. But what happens from a a corporate perspective in terms of a company? How would they start accounting for these type of digital assets? Should they start bringing it into, let's say, their treasury portfolio? I mean, we know, you know, in South Africa, it's just, uh, you know, we're not really regarding cryptocurrencies sort of as a legal form of tender. But, you know, companies are allowed to to uh, sort of purchase, you know, cryptocurrencies, hold it as as digital assets. But how is this sort of going to reflect on the books? Because I think some companies are, uh, and we're seeing this, particularly in some other developing countries, like in South America, et cetera, where they are starting to hold uh, more cryptocurrency on their books, on their balance sheet, and, and is keep it as maybe augment their treasury portfolio. If you were to look at like Forex as an example, so, you know, where do you sort of see at an overview sort of digital assets and financial reporting going to? So definitely, uh, uh, so there is definitely a need for somebody, especially in big corporates where they're holding these kinds of assets and then these digital assets, be it a cryptocurrency or, or another type of asset, that somebody, um, if, if they don't have a full-on treasury department, but a, a financial director or something, should definitely be looking at these because these have been growing and becoming more and more popular in recent times and there is some guidance currently available um but very 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 limited and also based on the nature of these things they're also different and they all got their own characteristics so the accounting for different types of digital assets also varies um just a bit of background on, on the accounting of where we've gotten to by now um is the iasb which is the international accounting setters board they started this project probably about in 2015 where they said, okay, it could potentially be something that should be looked at. 2018 came along and they, the interpretation committee considered some guidance for accounting for these. And then they issued an agenda decision on holding cryptocurrencies, which pretty much said one of two things. So they said, if these cryptocurrencies are held for an ordinary course of business, um, it would be treated like any other inventory and be treated like inventory. And if it was not accounted for as inventory, then it would be an intangible asset under IS38. So really, those are the two areas they've given us a limited guidance on now and how they would account these. But like I said, each different type of asset varies and these things are changing all the time. And it gets to a point now, um, as nothing new has been released as we're speaking now, that entities really need to look at the characteristics of the assets that are being held as to where these might fall in the IFRS world. 
So just looking at those two types of scenarios, if a company were to, let's say, hold it, you know, in, in terms of from an inventory perspective, what type of business model would we be looking at there? Would this be sort of maybe a, a firm that is trading in cryptocurrencies, maybe an exchange or, or something like that? That's exactly that. So by definition, for uh, an item to meet the definition of inventory, it has to be held um, in the ordinary course of its business. So it needs to be, that's what it does. In its ordinary course of business, it trades in these kinds of assets. Interestingly enough, IS2, some people might be wondering, does it not need to be in physical form? Because you would think inventory typically is a physical item, but not necessarily. Um, IS2 does not require inventory at all to be in physical form. So these, these digital assets might very well be um, inventory if they are specifically held for trading. So like you said, that would be your, your markets, the, the companies that actually trade in these kinds of assets. And is it possible that, you know, we could we could maybe see the accounting if it's not inventory and maybe they change their mind in terms of sort of even on an IS38, depending on maybe where regulation goes. So, you know, I suppose if it's regarded as legal tender in South Africa, then that could be, you know, we could companies would be augmenting their, their treasury portfolios. Like, you know, if, let's just say they even have rands, dollars, pounds, euros. Just one of those is going to maybe be Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc. So it could maybe be, depending on, on sort of where the regulation goes in the various jurisdictions, you could possibly see maybe it not regarded, not maybe I associate maybe doesn't apply. It just, just depending on where the, where they, where the regulation goes. That could be very, very, very possible. But like we said, depending on regulation, as you mentioned, where that goes, because currently, um, if we look at governments and things like that, there aren't any specific legal tenders backing um, these things at the moment. And also there's no capability of setting prices or goods or services directly on these types of cryptocurrencies. So currently, as we stand, I would say it, could, it doesn't meet the guidance given of what cash or currency is. There's no specific definition of what those are. But if you look at what's cash or currency is used for with regards to a cash flow statement or uh, the Forex standard IS21, for example, there's no specific link in those currently to, to cryptocurrency. So right now, I don't think it could be a cash or a currency um, and would probably be an intangible asset, if not inventory. But in the future, if government comes in and does regularize these and there is legal backing to these um, and they are in the books, it could very well be a cash equivalent as opposed uh, as opposed to an intangible asset. So I think obviously there's, you know, the different forms which we alluded to at the very beginning uh, in terms of the digital assets and, and you know, cryptocurrencies is, is one of them. But maybe let's just talk about, you know, some of the other ones in terms of, let's say, asset-backed tokens and utility type tokens. Uh, how do we maybe see, you know, these sort of playing out from a financial reporting standpoint? I suppose a lot of the foundational elements that you've just mentioned will still apply. They, they do. So the counting across from moving from cryptocurrencies to the different types of tokens are, are, are quite similar in, in a lot of the aspects. And from an IFRS point of view, making the assessments of which category in the, in the IFRS standards does it fall into is pretty similar. And obviously, but it does get a bit more technical and a bit more complicated when you're dealing with the asset-based tokens or those different types of tokens. For example, let's talk about an asset-based token where where the holder has holds these tokens, which is re related to an interest in an underlying asset, for example, that these could be a commodity or a, a, a type of intangible asset or artwork or property, that kind of thing. So where those tokens are specifically related to that, depending on the nature of it, does the entity receive cash based on the value of the underlying assets? Then it might be a financial asset. If it actually receives the rights to the asset itself, 
then you'll treat that token the same way as you would treat the asset to which it relates to. Um, so that's where the tokens come in and the, the difference comes in. For example, you might have a prepayment relating to a specific token. So you have your utility tokens, which give you rights to a future goods or service, which would be seen as a prepayment as opposed to an intangible asset, potentially. So when, when we're getting moving from cryptocurrencies to, into the tokens, it does get quite different in, in assessing how we account for those. So I think, uh, you know, accounting for this is individual companies always have to go back to sort of, you know, some of the technical definitions. So I think let's let's sort of go through some of those in terms of those accounting considerations. So if we were to look at cryptocurrencies, cash or currency. Now, we spoke about it before, you know, are we going to be looking at it sort of as a digital asset or are we looking at it as a currency? And obviously, right now, probably it's going to be looking at possibly as an asset. And from that, from your what you've just spoken to, uh, more a an intangible asset. So let's maybe just go through, you know, what are is that accounting consideration just in a bit more detail? Sure. So so let's look at cryptocurrency. Let's split out uh, cryptocurrencies to the other digital assets. So the assessments I would typically do is I would say, okay, right, so we're looking at a cryptocurrency. And my first thought would be, is it cash or currency? And as we discussed previously, currently there is no definition of what cash or currency is in the IFRS standard. But if you look at IS32, which is financial assets or financial instruments, and IS21, which is the, uh, the Forex standard, they do give a connection there between cash and currency. And really, as future goes on, there will be a lot of judgment uh, to be made by management and preparers of financial statements as to whether or not these are currencies. But currently, I, I feel it's inappropriate for these to be cash or currency. Then I would move on to, okay, if it's not cash, what is it? Is it potentially another financial asset? By definition, to be a financial asset, the asset has to provide the holder with contractual rights uh, to receive cash firstly or another financial asset. A lot of the times, um, as we are now, that isn't the case with cryptocurrency and also doesn't give the holder a residual interest in, in the assets of the entity either. So I would also believe it doesn't meet the definition of financial assets. Now we've gone through cash, we've gone through other financial assets. Another one um, that I've seen people discuss is whether or not it's PPE. Again, by definition, uh, property plants and equipment needs to be a tangible item. So straight away, that could be excluded because these are typically not tangible. Then I would move on to, is it inventory potentially? Because oddly enough, yes, like I also mentioned earlier, IS2 doesn't require inventory to be physical form, but rather held in ordinary course of business. So where they do trading these regularly and is their ordinary course of business, it might be appropriate to account for these as inventory. But if not, if we've gone through all of that and we've and it's not inventory because we're holding these for long-term investment purposes, then the only one left would definitely be um, an intangible asset if they don't meet any of the other definitions. So that's typically the process I would go through and the different standards you would look at. And I would think eight out of 10 times you'll get intangible assets and recognize those as such. And I suppose there are going to be sort of a lot of guidance notes or maybe interpretation notes that are potentially going to be coming about, you know, as the holding of these assets from a, a company perspective and the holding of, of these assets on, on, on the company's books are more wider adopted. Uh, I mean, we know in South America, it is, you know, a lot of companies are actually taking this on as, onto their books because their own currency is, you know, significantly devalued. So it's actually used as, as potentially legal tender there. But I mean, I would think that on an ongoing basis, as the sort of takes course and, you know, as the use cases vary, there are going to be some, you know, more interpretation notes coming out. Definitely, definitely, definitely. And as I said, there's been a lot from the actual standard setters, but also a lot of countries are safety presidents on how these 
um, things are happening. And as these develop and, and countries are accounting for these based on the current accounting standards that's available, I think the standard sectors are going to have to catch up and actually do proper, uh, provide proper guidance on, on accounting for these. So this is a topic we're talking about now in, in October of 2022. I think by mm. January 2023, there could potentially be a whole lot of different guidance. And as the next couple of years goes by and, and these things become more and more popular and more and more prevalent and more and more used, it's very important to stay up to date to what these changes are and what the regulations are as these are going to change very fast. I think it's just sort of the usual case where, you know, regulation is always sort of behind from a technology standpoint in terms of sort of keeping up with it. So, Mike, thank you very much for joining us on this episode today. It's it's quite a bit to think about, but I think what we can actually take away from this is that the use case and the application by a company uh, in terms of digital assets is very important when looking at the substance of how they actually take it on, the trading of it. And they should actually seek, you know, sort of technical opinions, especially when it comes to the accounting thereof. 100%. Um, and I agree with you totally that, yes, each one of these, like we said in the beginning, could be treated differently based on the current accounting guidance that's available for these. So the, the, the scenarios, the facts, the circumstances for each one, if companies are holding these, needs to be looked at. And, and as time passes and regulations change and accounting standards get caught up, I think it's very important that people need to consult with their, their advisors on accounting for these appropriately. Thanks, Mike. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening on this episode of RSM Conversations in Business. Uh, looking forward to our next episode. That was Conversations in Business with RSM. Experience the power of being understood. Experience RSM. Visit rsmza.co.za.